0: Welcome to 49ers Access, my name is Sterling Bennett and we are just four days away from the first preseason game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. We have to talk about what it's been like 10 days through training camp so far, who stood out, who struggled, who do we need to have our eyes peeled and looking out for during that first preseason game. But first, we have to talk about something that happened last week, because I was at training camp last week, and I think I may have missed the most eventful day. That was Brandon Ayuk and Fred Warner fighting, not once, but twice. And I was in the press conference The couple days after the fight where Warner talked and Ayuk talked about the kind of the brush up those two guys had. But I want to talk about the fight itself and the reason why I love it. I love that stuff. Now, Warner had said that the reason why he gets or tries to get under Brandon Ayuk's skin is because he knows the receiver he can be. He's trying to push him to be the elite receiver he knows, he can take that next step. Ayuk has had a phenomenal training camp. I don't know how much of Warner's actions has played into that, but he's been phenomenal. That being said, uh, it seems like Ayuk's had enough, right? He called him annoying, and albeit it's very playful in regards to how annoying Warner is to Ayuk, I think that what we're seeing here from last year to this year, we are seeing the dog in Brandon Ayuk. Uh, last year, the issue was, you know, maybe came in a little overweight, but the, the primary concern was he's not giving it 100% the entire time. Uh, when you're a receiver and you're not the primary target, the number one read, maybe on certain plays, you aren't really the read at all. You are to open up space for Debo Samuel, for George Kittle over the middle by running the go route to allure the safety and linebackers away from maybe the initial target that, again, could be Kittle or Debo. Ayuk, uh, from what my understanding is, that he wasn't giving it 100%. On balls he wasn't targeted on, he just really wasn't, he wasn't going out there and putting in uh, the effort he needed to be. Uh, you're taught as a receiver that if you are not the number one target, you still have to sell the route, sell the play, make the defense think you are the number one guy on said play. And Ayuk wasn't doing that. Well, this year, after getting benched last year, not part of the offense early in the season last year, he comes up, plays a larger role in the offense late in the season, during the playoff push, in the playoffs, and he's definitely carried that over. But now we're seeing the dog. With Debo Samuel, who missed the first week of training camp, uh, Brandon Ayuk has kind of taken on that role as the de facto number one receiver. And because the chemistry he has with Lance, the confidence Lance has in him, that is built uh, up in Ayuk in how he feels, his ego, how he carries himself. They worked out all offseason. They built this chemistry up starting from last year when they were taking you know, number two team reps in training camp and practices. They've carried that all the way over into where they are now. And I think we are seeing the confidence finally there in Brandon Ayuk. Last year, Ayuk, we would have never heard this of fights in camp. Now, albeit, when I say fights, I mean, you know, a skirmish, no one's throwing hands, albeit they both did square up on each other. But we wouldn't have seen this last year. We are finally seeing the dog in Brandon Ayuk. We're finally seeing the ferocity needed. Then Kyle Shanahan said the receivers have to have violence when they run their routes. And I think we're seeing that violence out of Brandon Ayuk, albeit controlled violence, We are seeing the violence that Brandon Ayuk needs to become the next great, hopeful, great 49er receiver. Like, the chemistry with Lance is second to none. Like, it's better than Lance and Debo, better than Lance and Kittle. Like, and we'll talk about this later why it might not be the best thing, but Lance, his de facto number one guy on every play is Brandon Ayuk. But, you know, Lance talked, or excuse me, um, Ayuk talked and Warren talked about how it's not a big deal, the fights are nothing. Shanahan said he was like, if punches were thrown, I would have thrown them out of practice. You know, like They kind of downplayed this, and Shanahan said, like fights aren't necessary to indicate how tough your team is. He said that like, last year we had one of the most physical teams and defenses up front, and we had no fights. And I think while well, every player is different and fights aren't usually you know, allotted or applauded, excuse me. I love this because I think, especially coming from Brandon Ayuk, a player that, you know, he's been in the league two years now, rookie season, uh, you know, fared pretty well, had the highlight play against the Eagles, right? Obviously it was 2020. Uh, many other factors played into that season. Last year took a step back, then started to see the, the, uh, the ascension late in the year. Like I said earlier, and I think now we're seeing Brandon Ayuk finally say enough's enough. I'm tired of having to fight my way on to the depth chart. I'm, I'm tired of having to fight my way to be number one here. I am number one. I have the confidence. And you can say, well, Debo's number one. I'm talking about in Brandon Ayuk's mind that he's like he has kind of assumed that role of leader, of leader of the receiver room. Yes, Debo's still there by far. But last week, first week of training camp, Ayuk had been there the longest. He'd been in the offense longer than anybody in the receiver room. A bunch of young guys there, Jawan Jennings, McLeod, Danny Gray. Ayuk had to become the de facto leader. He had to be the one to stand up for his guys. I think it was when Marcus Johnson got laid out. He says, I am the leader. You're not going to treat my guys like this. And that's stuff you like to see. When pushed up against the wall... Unfortunately, it was a fight, and Warner laid out Johnson, I believe. Like, it was a cheap shot. Warner shouldn't have done that. Bad for him. But that being said, when pushed up against a wall, how do you respond? When you're facing adversity, when final drive of the season, you're in Los Angeles, you got to get open, you got Dylan Ramsey on you, how do you get open? How do you respond in situations like that? And I think we're seeing how Brandon Ayuk's going to respond. He's a fighter. He's a dog, and that's the guy you want on your side when things get tough. When you're in Green Bay, and it's the frozen tundra, and it's it's freezing, it's snowing. The ball is is hard as a rock. It's hard to catch. Who do you want? You want the guy that wants the ball the most. The guy that's going to lay a hard block, gets get open somehow. Like brandley LaRue is becoming that receiver in front of our very eyes. Now again. No games have been played yet. We are four days away from the first preseason game. Like There's plenty of football left to be played to disprove this. But two weeks into training camp, I can tell you now, uh, Brandon Ayuk, the ascension is real. He looks like someone who is becoming the, again, I don't want to put labels on him because a long season to go. But from what he's showing us now, he's more comfortable. He has great chemistry with Lance. He knows the offense. He's giving the effort needed from Kyle Shanahan. Like Shanahan, it's funny. I Ayuk I, talked about how that it's nice to have Danny Gray in the building because now Shanahan can kind of rip on somebody else, yell at somebody else. And I think that Shanahan now sees that Ayuk, you are a leader. You are becoming what I know you can be, what I drafted you, traded up for you to be. Did it take two years to get there? Yeah. But we have a young quarterback who needs you to be that. Could we use it last year? Oh hundred percent Yes, we could have. But the player you are now in year three, you're gonna pop off. You're you're gonna pop off and be our number one receiver. Or in this case, my 1A and 1B with Debo and Ayuk. Like having Ayuk now be that dog makes this offense four times, 10 times more dangerous. Like last year, we saw early in the year. It was just Debo, and then that was it. Then the offense came together. Then it was Debo and Kittle and Elijah Mitchell. And then later it became Debo's a superstar, and we have the ancillary pieces. Well, now we're in a situation where you have Kittle, a superstar, over the middle. You have Debo, a superstar, and you have Ayuk, a rising star, and Elijah Mitchell, who was great last year for us. So you could talk about the fights are bad, I loved it. It's showing that Ayuk has the fight in him. He dug himself out of the hole he was in, out of the doghouse, right? And he's proven that now he owns the doghouse. He owns the field. He's beaten guys like Traverius Ward. He's beaten guys like Emile Mosley, Jimmy Ward. He's beating these guys on routes. Like, that is a a great progression to track for Brandon Ayuk. From having to play in 2020 because we had nobody else, it was Debo and Ayuk and nobody else. <laughs> and last year it was Debo, Ayuk, you're in the doghouse, and now it looks like it's Debo and Ayuk, not because you don't have anybody else, because this receiver room is good. Debo, Ayuk, obviously. Juwan Jennings having a good camp. Danny Gray, McLeod. Ravier right rear McLeod's having a great camp. Great catches, seems like everywhere. The chemistry Lance is growing like they're not playing Ayuk or landing on Ayuk because they have to. It's because he's been so good, they want to. And that that to me is that it shows where Ayuk has come from and where he is now and what I think he will be this year and hopefully going forward for San Francisco. Now another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's stick with Ayuk and Lance here for a second because and I'm not going to get into stats and well, you know, Lance was 2 for 14. Like, I don't like that stuff. Now, you can look at it, and you can go the comp percentage, you know, all this stuff. But there are a lot of things that stats don't tell. And stats can tell you a lot. They are the basis of what we kind of look at for quarterbacks, right? But sometimes they are quarterbacks. I mean, like, take baseball. Wins mean nothing now. What's your ERA? What's your WHIP? What's your FIP? Like all that stuff, the advanced analytics. And in football, while they have some of those, they're kind of behind in this area. And so you have to look at the film. And in football, film is one of the most important things, seeing what someone actually looks like on tape. And by no means am I a film expert, an NFL analyst by any means, but I was there. I watched Trey Lance for about six to four practices thus far again. I can only tell you what I've seen and then go off what I've heard. Now, some days Lance looks really good. On Saturday, Lance struggled. On Saturday, Lance struggled. Then he bounced back, two-minute drill, marched his team about 80, 60 yards down the field, and scored the game-winning touchdown with six seconds left on the clock on his on the defense's 15-yard line. Like, he, he, he was bad. He bounced back. And he ended of the day, great. And he said, wow, that's, that's the guy. Like, whoo, he's running the ball. He's extending plays. He's hitting receivers in stride. He's rolling out of the pocket to his left, hitting McLeod in the end zone on his right. Like, there were superstar capabilities on display in that two-minute drill. But you can't just ignore that. You can look at that and go, that's the guy, but you can't have your blinders on. Because while well, I do think Lance will be the guy, I have confidence in Trey Lance, there's a broader picture here. And don't get me wrong, I am full steam ahead. Lance is QB1. Like we're on this train and we're not gonna go, you know, not jumping off unless the wheels start breaking off and this team is like two and eighteen or two and sixteen in two years. Like he's gonna have plenty of time to grow when it comes to how I feel about Trey Lance. That being said. Having been there, having watched him play, and I think last week, week one of training camp, there was kind of a getting back into the flow of things, learning the offense, installing the offense. Debo Samuel wasn't there yet. There were kind of some questions of like, hey, Lance has looked fine. He's ups, some downs. There's been some concerns. But one thing that stuck out to me over the weekend, because I was there Saturday and Sunday was that Trey Lance loves Brandon Ayuk. And when I say love, what I mean is the chemistry is there, the camaraderie is there. There are some throws Trey Lance makes to Brandon Ayuk that Brandon Ayuk goes up and gets and you're like, damn, like that 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 was that was special. But then there's other things that you see where, because Lance loves Brandon Ayuk so much, he won't even look Debo Samuel's way. He won't even look George Kittle's way. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, I know this team's playbook left and right. I'm not going to do that. By all means, Ayuk is likely the first read on those plays. That being said, Lance ain't looking, even if he's covered. There was a play yesterday, on Sunday, where Traverius Ward is guarding... Brandon Ayuk, Devo Samuel is being guarded by Lenore. And my first reaction was, okay, you have your your big primary free agent cornerback you just brought in, you paid him big money on your guy, on Brandon Ayuk, on Lance's favorite target. And you have Devo Samuel, the guy you just paid big money to on Lenore, who couldn't even get on the field when he needed to be. Like, there were times last year where they needed a cornerback, and they were like, Lenore's not playing, he's not playing. And that's the knock on him, he's young, but he just wasn't ready for that role yet, right? And so, you're thinking, I'll look and see, I got the best cornerback on my favorite target, I'll look to my other side and see, I have arguably my best receiver, my superstar, who's on a young cornerback, who is having a fairly good camp, but still, I'll look that way. He might be able to get open more. He might have the advantage against Lenore. What does Lance do? I'll I'll, I'll give you a second. What does he do? Does he, A, look to Debo on Lenore, or does he, B, hold the ball, stare down Brandon Ayuk, and still throws it to an unopened Brandon Ayuk, and the ball almost gets picked off? Well... That's exactly what it does. He does option B. He throws it to Ayuk, who's not open. The ball hits ward right in the hands and falls to the ground. Like, Ayuk, like, I don't know if it was miscommunication, but it just seemed like Lance locked onto his target and wasn't going to look off. And there's been plenty of times this year where, and it's not just Lance. Every quarterback has their guy. Brady had Gronk. Manning had Harrison. Reggie Wayne later in his career. Like, there's certain guys that the quarterbacks have, right? Tom Brady would not throw to rookie receivers. They had to prove themselves to him. It's not just Lance. Garoppolo last year, he did not trust Ayuk and Jennings and those guys yet. So what was he doing? He was just throwing to Debo Samuel. He was like, you're my guy, you're my target. And, like, again, it's not just Lance. But that's the stuff that made fans so angry, because Garoppolo would do that, and you're saying, well, now you're fun to pick because you stared down a guy. And Lance is doing some of the very same things that fans complained about. Now, the difference is Lance is 22 years old, technically, year one as a starter in this league, in this offense, year two in the offense as a whole. There are things you can forgive, things that you can look at and say, okay, he will learn. There's going to be a progression there with reps comes some form of responsibility, not to rip off Spider-Man, but that's, that's, that's the case here, right? We all expect these things to become clearer and for him to progress and become better. But I just, I'm not warning anybody, but for the people that say he's the next Mahomes, he's going to come and win the MVP year one. I just want you to temper your expectations. Because from what he's shown in camp, he can be a totally different player in game scenarios. He is playing one of the best defenses in football. Yesterday, there was no Trent Williams and McGlinchey. But there are things he's doing on the field that it doesn't matter what defense he's playing. Those balls are still incomplete. Those balls are still interceptions. And again, with reps, he'll grow he'll get better. I am fully expecting Lance to progress throughout the year and come year two as a starter, year three as a player, we will look back and go, wow, he's come a long way. I'm fully expecting that. That being said, I want us to pump the brakes on, he's going to be the 2.0 and MVP in year one. The way Lance is playing, again, it's own camp, it's practice, I I get this. There there are a lot of caveats you can put in there to kind of excuse some of the inconsistencies. But the way Lance is playing, he is the second biggest concern for me on this team. Now, I can put concern in quotations knowing that I will give him all the time needed to grow. The offensive line is still number one, but there's going to be games this year from what he has shown through 10 Practices, that he's going to give some games away. He'll also hit the home run play, and there's going to be drives where he hits the home run play in two minutes. In this horse 7 and we're all happy and cheering, and there's going to be other times where it's free and out, free and out, free and out. That's just the wave of a young quarterback. And those waves will cost us a game. That's just a fact, and it's not saying other guys before him Garoppolo, Garcia, Young, Montana, for how great they were, for how good they were, they did the same thing happened. They did the exact same thing, right? But I just don't want us to put all of our eggs in the basket. Now, the defense could be so good this year that it makes up for some of those waves and it can save us a game or two, but there's play... Take yesterday, for example. I watched Lance overthrow three straight receivers... Now, none of those plays were picked off, but there was nobody around these guys. He has receivers open near the sideline, where if he can fit it in, it's a first down, the play's extended, but instead, three overthrows, and you're like, man, like that that's a dead drive, and if that drive comes with two minutes left, the game's over with. But when you kind of dig a little deeper, what I've noticed is, is that he has a rifle on his arm. Like he's got a strong arm. He can fit it in. like there are times where he fits it in in between two defenders and you're like, man, like that was awesome. Like that's the stuff elite quarterbacks do. But then you see stuff where you're like, if you can just do the things an average quarterback can do, you're gonna go places. We're gonna go places this year. It's like, so there's highs, there's a lot of highs, a lot of lows. Like, it's funny because it's almost as if he doesn't have touch, and that's not how I want to describe it because it's not right. Like, he has some touch, but there are times where I think because he's so young and because he's played where he can be a little over-reliant on the big arm, that when he has to fit it over a defender cutting towards the sideline, let's say on a corner route, he overshoots the guy. Instead of just lofting it in there, right in his arms, on the sideline, out of bounds. Like, not every play has to be a rifle, a laser right to somebody. And that's where the inconsistencies with the accuracy comes in. But then when you listen to Brandon Ayuk yesterday... And I know fans don't want to hear this. And when I was sitting in the press conference room, I, I looked at other reporters and I was like, did you just hear what he just said? Because when he was talking, someone asked, I believe it was Kim Inman asked, like how does Lance bounce back after a bad practice? Like how was his demeanor? And he was talking all you know, the the normal talk. Oh, same guy, sideline, same guy in the huddle, always looking to get better. But then he kind of paused for a split second and you could kind of tell there was a, kind of a a glitch, or like a spark. He was like, I need to say this next part. And it's what caught me off guard because I was like, he didn't need to say this. He didn't need to add this into his answer because people didn't ask him about that. Like nobody asked him about this next part. And he, he alluded to one of the biggest rumors or controversies of the off season regarding Trey Lance of arm fatigue, and he said, one thing I've learned is, you never know what these guys' arms feel like. Just like us receivers, our legs get tired. Whether it's one day we have a great camp, a great practice, our legs are tired the next day, we don't perform the same way. We never know what those guys feel like. The Same goes for receivers, and same goes for quarterbacks. Which in itself isn't an incorrect statement, that's, that's very true. You you do something long enough, you are going to get tired. You work out, you curls, your arms are going to get tired. You run for a long period of time, your legs, your hips, your knees, your feet, your toes, your ligaments, your muscles, they're going to get tired. His statement in itself is not incorrect. The issue is that while I don't see a problem with what he said, all the naysayers saying there's no arm fatigue, it's not real. Well, Brandon you just said arm fatigue is real. Now, I told you, I believe it was last week, maybe two weeks ago, that, look, arm fatigue is real. Lance has worked out the entire offseason knowing he has to get his arm right to be the quarterback of this team. He knows my mission is to make sure I come in and get myself right first. That starts with the mechanics. He's been trying to fix those things, and I believe he has for months with that being said, if his arm is tired, well, it's week two, training camp practice number 10. That that can't be the case. Because you got 18 weeks and a hopeful playoff run left to go. Now again, you can monitor this stuff, you can help Lance. He 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 plays for the freaking 49ers. He has the best doctors in the world. They can ice him, they can do ultrasound they can do everything there are so many treatments you can do they can give him a day off for all i care and to me this wasn't you know a oh my god it's arm fatigue but it was like hey we need to stop ignoring this now it may it could be meaningless in the season but it's just something to keep an eye on because if his arm is tired now what's it gonna be like come week 10 come week 12 in Los Angeles, in Seattle, in Arizona, against the Buccaneers, when it's a game you have to win and he can't make a throw. Now, again, it could be meaningless. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, my goodness, arm fatigue, the world's over. Every player gets tired. Legs, arms, back, shoulders, knees, it's sports. It happens. And I am not contributing Trey Lance's struggles to arm fatigue struggles will come for a 22-year-old quarterback as a year one starter in a, in technically maybe a new system still learning the system he has it down pretty well he's a leader but he's young he's learning he didn't play much last year and he didn't play a lot the year before he played one game like he he his arm went from taking time off to playing all the time like there there's going to be tiredness and fatigue in there. I just think it it was weird that fans were so quick to laugh and joke about it, but in reality, it's real. And it can be meaningless, but it might mean something down the road, because yesterday, if Ayuk's words are correct and Lance's arm was maybe tired, well, you don't get to make that excuse in a game. Nobody wants to hear, my arm is tired, When you just overthrew three receivers week one in Chicago and you lost the game. Now I'm not saying they're going to lose that game by any means, but imagine it's against the Rams. You're in Los Angeles. You're at SoFi. You're down by three. You need to get a touchdown to win the game. And you overshoot three receivers and the excuse is my arm is tired. That doesn't matter. You're a pro athlete. That's not an excuse. You're you're supposedly made for this stuff. Now, again, It can mean nothing, but you just never know. And with Ayuk kind of confirming that this is the case, it makes you wonder, is he overworked? Maybe Sudfeld should play the majority of the reps in preseason, give Lance that time off. But I don't think San Francisco has that luxury. I don't think San Francisco can sit back and say, let's only play Lance for two drives a game. For the next three weeks. They don't have that luxury. Trey Lance needs to play in the preseason. Like he's rough around the edges. Again, there's the home run play. But there are like real struggles here that he needs to clean up. And I think he will clean them up, but if his arm is tired, San Francisco doesn't have the luxury of not playing him for a quarter, he's trying to get him ramped up as soon as possible. And I think what we're seeing is that this offense ain't going to change much. Yes, there will be, again, the home run play, the deep ball. We've seen it plenty of times. He'll go out of the pocket. He'll extend play. He will buy this team extra time with his legs. He will find guys open by running around in the pocket, maneuvering. And he's become a lot more comfortable in that. But I just think, well, from what I've seen, this offense ain't going to change much whether it's because Lance's arm is tired and he can't make certain throws, or it's because the inconsistencies and the struggles that will hopefully get cleaned up are there. This team is going to run the football. Whether it's Jimmy, Lance, Sudfeld, Purdy, it don't matter. It doesn't matter. They are going to run the ball. That's Shanahan's offense. He may take a risk and go for the home run play to Debo Samuel against the Texans. He'll do that two or three times a game, but this team is going to primarily be the same with just an added wrinkle into the offense. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. That being said, uh, let's talk about the preseason week one against the Packers. Let's talk about five players we have to keep an eye out for on offense and defense. Five total players. Let's start on the offense. Let's stick with the offense. And let's talk about Ray, Ray McLeod. You would like to think Juwan Jennings will be the, the primary slot receiver, physical, big guy. They tried that with Jalen Hurts. He was, well, Jalen Hurt, excuse me, and he got hurt. <laughs> um, but Juwan Jennings stepped up big time last year. But I think the way McLeod has played this training camp, I would not be surprised if he at times, or maybe even week one, jumps Juwan on the depth chart. And that being said, Kyle Shanahan's going to play the matchups. Speedy guy who has been great the last three practices. He's been open, making one-handed catches, catching clutch catches in the red zone. McCloud looks nice. I want to see him carry that over into preseason games. He'll likely be the return specialist. Back there for punts and kicks, but I want to see how he plays offensively on end-arounds. He can do some of the Debo Samuel stuff, give Debo a break. I want to see how he performs McLeod is the first guy I want to see the second guy Spencer Burford uh, I'm not worried about Trent Williams I'm not worried about McGlinchey the, the, the center is a whole different conversation that's too big to have for you know pick five players but Burford has gotten every single first team rep at right guard I want to see what he can do in a game how does the pass protection look like he looks pretty good in pass pro how does he look in run protection how, how, how do his feet move? How does he perform in a game? Going against the best defensive line in football for two and a half weeks, how do you take that and what you've learned and your progression and move that into actual playing in the game for 15 quarters or 15-minute quarters? How do you take that and move it over and transition it over into actual playing time? I want to see what he can do because... If he can solidify that, it opens up center for Brendel or Brunskill. They don't have to worry about who's playing right guard, and it just makes his offensive line a lot deeper. On the flip side, I want to see what Aaron Banks does in year two. Didn't play a lot last year, didn't look very good last year, shouldn't have played last year. He's gotten bigger, he's gotten stronger. I want to see what the left guard and right guard, essentially both rookies, can do. This is the biggest position that I'm worried about on the field it's not Lance it's the offensive line left guard right guard center but Banks and Burford what can you show me size wise feet mobility wise what can you do against a good defensive line in the Green Bay Packers on the defensive side when it comes to Safety, somebody I like and who who got first team reps this past weekend, that being Saturday and Sunday, Tarvarius Moore. He's back from injury. He was playing next to Hufanga, next to Jimmy Ward. If he can be a you know a playmaker in this system, in this defense, back from injury, I want to see what the coverage skills look like. We know he can tackle. We know he can get turnovers. What does he look like in game? Is the speed still there? Is his knack for the ball still there. He had two picks during practice last week during the weekday itself. Tavarius Moore can be somebody on this defense. Now, I'm going to combine two people for number five. And no, it's not Danny Gray, the explosive right receiver. It's still on defense. And it really comes down to Diomiro Lenore. And I also want to see Sagun Alubi. Because we know that this linebacking core is just stacked. Warner, Alshire, Greenlaw, even Oren Burks and Flanagan Falls are still there. And I expect every single one of those guys to make this roster. But we saw last year, guys get hurt, guys go down. And people can say Jeremiah Gemmel and, and, you know, Marcelino McCray Ball. There are plenty of guys out there that can make this roster on the practice squad. But my pick so far is someone who stood out as Saguna Luby. He's been everywhere, picks, tackles. He has been. He's been good in coverage. He was undrafted this year, but they snagged him up, put him in camp, and I I do think he's shown enough where he can make this practice squad and he can actually be a depth piece this year. But I also wouldn't be surprised because he's played so good that he might be the Jonas Griffith of this year where he's traded for a fifth-round pick. Because, again, there's so many linebackers that you don't need seven of them or eight of them. But I do think he's someone they look at. I think they're keen on him. And I I really believe that if he's not a practice squad guy, somebody will snatch him up, whether via trade. And I do think he will find some playing time this year for somebody. Like, he's been that good in camp. Going back to Lenore. Lenore is someone, and I mentioned it earlier, he didn't play much last year. And when he did... It was only because he had to, and there were times where he had to play, and they were like, hey, Josh Norman, go back out there. And that's saying something. He wasn't ready. But this year, he's getting first-team reps a little bit. You know, what does him and Amory Thomas look like? Thomas obviously played better down the stretch of the season in Los Angeles in playoff games. I want to see what Diomero and can do against guys like Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins in Green Bay. Who knows who's gonna play in week one of the preseason? I doubt many starters actually do. That being said, what does he look? Uh, you know, he's probably gonna be matched up against Romeo Dobbs in Green Bay. Like there are plenty of guys where you can kind of get a sense of what he looks like. And not everybody I mentioned is gonna be guys who get cut, right? I think most of these guys make this team. That being said, uh this cornerback room is deep, deep. Mosley, Ward. Darquez Denard, Jason Verrett, Dante Johnson, Ambry Thomas, Tariq Castro-Fields, Samuel Womack, Lenore, and Womack has shown out. I think he's making this roster. It would not surprise me if he was the nickelback starting or if he wasn't the number two nickelback behind Denard because we all know Shanahan, he likes to play veteran players in key positions, and that is nickelback but Womack has shown out the last few practices, but my my mind is on Lenore because not everybody can make this roster, and if you're young and you're not playing well or you haven't shown enough to make this deep roster, like, Dante Johnson's likely making this team. He can play safety, he can play nickel, he can play outside. Maybe not very well, but they like him here because he knows the system. I want to see guys like Lenore unseat Dante Johnson. It shouldn't be that hard, but you got to prove that. And for Lenore, getting first-team reps, it's a good sign, but I want to see him carry that over. Because right now, he's behind Mosley, Thomas, Verrett, Ward, Womack, Johnson. Like There are six guys ahead of him already, and they're not keeping seven cornerbacks. Unless you're versatile or can prove it. So I think Lenore has a chip on his shoulder, I think he wants to prove that, and it starts on Friday, well, it started two weeks ago, and he's done well, but it continues on Friday against Green Bay. They have practice tomorrow, that being Tuesday, and on Wednesday, then they gear up for week one of the preseason on Friday against the Packers. Alright folks, it's time for the sponsored part of the show, (laughs) and that being use promo code 49ers access 49ers for twenty dollars off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Get tickets, go see the Niners play, go see Devo and Lance, and I, you can see the home run plays and struggles up front in person. Twenty dollars off. It's always good to save money. Gas prices are still high, albeit going down, but still high. Whenever you can save twenty dollars, it's always. A good thing. 49ers access at SeatGeek. Save $20 off your first purchase. The other thing, if you want to get the best deals on Niners Gear, click the link in the description. Get Niners Gear at Fanatics partnered with the podcast, with the social media, and support the show. You want the best insight. You want to you know, know what's going on in camp. You're going to want to support the podcast down below. Click the link in the description and support the show. And before we get out of here, I want to tell you that follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. You are not going to want to miss a thing as week one of the preseason inches closer and closer it's Monday. The game's on Friday. You want the biggest hot takes. Who's playing? Who's not? You're going to want to follow us on social media. And until next time, my name is Strong Bennett, and this has been the Ford er Access podcast. Hopefully it's a win in preseason week One against the Packers. I always love beating the cheeseheads. And stay faithful.